Welcome to the SF Weekly Podcast. I'm Nick Veronin, your editor in exile, and I am joined, as always, by Kevin Trippin' on Tryptophan Hume. Happy Turkey Day, Kevin. Happy Thanksgiving, man. Uh, no turkey for me this year. Ooh, Tofurk? I don't know. We, uh, I'm not exactly sure. I think we're doing mostly sides. I'm not, I don't know. I think I bought some vegan roast thing a couple weeks back, and we might be trying that, too. Mm, I see. I I am happy to see my family. We're gonna do an outside thing. Looks like the weather's gonna hold, and happy to have a few cocktails. But the food of Thanksgiving's never been incredibly appealing to me. Um, like I'm one of those people who puts hot sauce on everything. So th- <laughs> that jerky? <laughs> well, no, that's part of the problem with Thanksgiving food. I'm like I'm like this doesn't taste like tapatio. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So. Yeah, um, it doesn't really go well uh, with, with uh, cranberries or um, sweet potatoes, the hot sauce. It just kind of clashes. So. I mean, you can say that, but I kind of feel like candied yams with a little hot sauce might be kind of excellent. Mm, well, <laughs> last Thanksgiving, I didn't have Thanksgiving with my family. We And we barbecued a turkey, and oh. I ended up using I, – I ended up with the leftovers. You know what I did? I made a turkey burrito with wow turkey uh mashed potatoes and uh homemade mac and cheese and uh goddamn <laughs> it sounds pretty wonderful man it was it was excellent um anything in burrito form i'm i'm on board for it uh <laughs> yeah dude yeah uh, but anyway for, for this week's episode our 25th can you believe it um, we thought we'd look back on some of our greatest hits from the past half year. I have to say, I am thankful for you, Kevin. You know Aww. why? Why? Because you laugh at my jokes, even the ones that aren't funny. <laughs> and hopefully in doing so, you trick some of our listeners into laughing as well. Laughter is contagious. I, I hope so. I do try to laugh as much as I can. Uh, <laughs> it does keep me sane in, in trying times. You just have to laugh, man. Anyway, so uh, you and I, we both listened back to some of our past episodes and we decided to pull out a few of the the truly funny gems, or at least you were saying something funny and uh, maybe giving a very convincing laugh when I tried to crack a joke. So, sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, I cracked you up a couple times too. <laughs> Early on in the podcast, um, we often leaned on our shared history. We mm-hmm. uh, were both in a band together in high school, and we got up to plenty of hijinks. They usually involved uh, drinking beer and smoking pot in a park somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Uh, I still think that that is the formation of a lot of our friendship. So here are some of those moments. I do sort of recall lots of like late night parties in the park. And things like yeah. maybe bonfires and stuff. You remember right. like a bonfire, like a crazy one. <laughs> I I do. I remember that. I do remember this bonfire that you're talking about. Okay, so Brad like brought brought some alcohol, not like the kind of alcohol that would like cause you to go blind. It's not ethanol. It was like <laughs> it's the way I remember it. It was some kind of alcohol that's used to, like clean engine parts, like 100 percent pure, uh, whatever kind of alcohol it was. And this time we didn't set the fire just on the ground with a few small twigs. It was in a trash can. <laughs> and he started throwing that stuff on it. 
and uh, it probably kind of looked like fireworks from far away. It was just huge probably. flames shooting up, and then I remember, then I remember all of a sudden like a truck, not you know, on the on the on the riverbank trail, on the creek trail, like shined a light toward us and like turned its like little sirens on. I don't think it was a cop necessarily, but like probably were like fuck, they're calling the cops. <laughs> so we all bounced, and um, the park didn't burn down. And we all, uh, we all got away. Um, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> um, but yeah, shenanigans, our suburban, man. Our little suburban shenanigans. One time, at least one time, I got poison oak so bad. And I've got, and, and ever since then, I've been really careful. And when I start to see these bumps, I freak out. And I was worried that I was going to get it. But um, I have a little bit of like prescription strength cream. Uh, I think it's got some kind of steroid in it. I felt like Barry Bonds, you know. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna be so strong. Trying to oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> the clear, baby. <laughs> this topical will do uh, it, man. You know, back in the good old days of the band, you were you were always the most responsible one. Oh, I you, I appreciate that. I don't think I was, but thank you. Well, here, let me make an argument. You were a bit older. You had yeah. a car first. That minivan, was it? What kind of van was that? Oh, God. It was a 1990 Plymouth Voyager. So you had the van. You were driving before us. You always had a little bit of pot squirreled away somewhere, and that's what I'm talking about. You were not wasteful. Oh, uh, Do you have a uh, sketchiest pot transaction memory? Oh, man. Um... I feel like it wasn't a transaction. I mean, the transactions back in the day were always kind of sketchy, like meet at a public park parking lot or something. And, you know, you just do the the exchange from the cars, mm -hmm. which is always weird. Were you with us the time that we like went down to he like hopped some fence and it was it was some different lake area. And maybe there was like a construction. They're like building apartments. Yeah, I was there. And we ran, yeah, and like, and Bart's minibus was in motion, and <laughs> yeah. one of us jumped into the door. I remember that, yeah. Security like guard, a, it was some uh, apartment complex development right across from like Fremont Bart <laughs> back that's in the day. Right. That's right. That was that's one right. of the sketchiest ones for sure, as, as well as like one of the ones where cops were running around Niles Park uh when we i think we had to run around like nile school from cops mm -hmm. a couple times yeah yeah that was fun <laughs> anyway kids, kids these days are spoiled with their with their dispensaries and shit <laughs> yeah oh good times um sometimes we we made fun of ourselves or things that came up during the recording of the podcast like when you uh like when we heard your stomach growling or your cats getting into it. <laughs> yeah, my stomach and my cats like to make a lot of noise. Welcome to the SF Weekly Podcast. I'm Nick Veronin, your editor in exile. And as always, I'm joined by Kevin Hume, our photo editor, who uh, today is no longer hungry. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> what's up, What's, Kevin? Going, on, we, what's going on? We just, we just actually heard Kevin's stomach make a little bit of noise. The, the, the mic on his laptop is that powerful. Um. <laughs> And uh, here's what it sounded like. Dude, is your stomach growling right now? <laughs> that was my stomach. What the hell? You heard that? 
I could hear that. Oh, oh I'm so glad that we started recording. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that some a little bit late. Wait, I'm gonna put oh that. Oh my god, later. don't do that. I just ate lunch. Man. I don't know. It's it's digesting. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's a growing boy. Um, I gotta say though, when you wear uh nothing but pants with elastic bands and t-shirts for four months and then all of a sudden you go to try on those pants that you got for your birthday back in april and you never really properly put them on and warm around um you're in for a unpleasant surprise <laughs> things getting a little tight i mean i do have some pants that that give a, a little bit more they're more forgiving and when I actually do, when I actually do leave the house now, um, those are the jeans I find myself reaching for. Like, cause I don't wear my ratty basketball shorts into public unless I'm like going to the, to the taqueria down the street. Um, which by the way, is probably, I go there a lot. It's probably <laughs> why, probably why I'm in this predicament. They're taqueria short. They're my, <laughs> <laughs> you know a few weeks ago kevin's feline friends had a little hot mic moment and we captured the sound of a couple allegedly domestic beasts battling for supremacy bucking the shackles of their mundane lives as tame lap kitties and unleashing the beasts within here's what it sounded like um takeout is takeout is a oh my god my cats are fighting right now Can you hear them? <laughs> God, they're fucking nuts. Um, this, this, this is wait, wait, no, let it, let it unfold, let it happen. Kind of. <laughs> the Taqueria shorts, the Taqueria shorts. I think I laughed the hardest. I feel like of all the things <laughs> that you've said over the course of these twenty-five episodes, you got uh, me. I still, I, I've incorporated that into my my personal vocabulary. Oh, that's amazing. There were some total WTF moments, like when I accidentally roped myself into 10 pounds of chipped beef. <laughs> oh, jeez. When, or when Ben Shapiro had trouble with Cardi B and Megan the Stallion, or when we uh, were both kind of perplexed by some of the 90s styles that were making a comeback. Speaking of red meat, Kevin, do you know what chipped beef is? Yeah, I think I do. It's uh, like what they make like cheese stick out of. Okay. It's it's you know, it's kind of one step up from ground beef, I think. It's kind of like like just lots of different chips of beef from probably the cow, you know, from all parts of the cow. Um anyway, I don't like to turn down free things. And um the other day, uh I was offered um some free frozen chipped beef and i was kind of eating lunch at the time my roommate um apparently his friend who is halal uh accidentally bought this um thinking it was a good deal and then realized it wasn't halal um and wanted to um didn't know what to do with it so uh my roommate says uh, do, you, do you want some beef um and i'm like yeah sure whatever uh, and at some point he said 10 pounds and that just kind of like oh. went, went one ear and out the other. <laughs> so I have, I have 10 pounds of chipped beef. Oh my God. You have I couldn't even beef. 
I could it's yeah, it's what's for dinner forever. <laughs> now apparently I couldn't even fit it in my fridge, man. Oh my the God. freezer. I had to like, oh it, yeah. So I've been calling people. I know you're a vegetarian, or else maybe I would have called you. Yeah, I'm I'm eating mostly vegan these days. I, I I can't even remember the last time I had a proper hamburger, let alone chip beef. Chip beef, it's baby. Been a couple months for sure. Um yeah, also that just doesn't sound appealing. <laughs> Anytime, uh, anytime growing up, uh, my dad brought up chip beef was to refer to <laughs> shit on a shingle, which is just, it does not sound good. It's just that was the dish that your dad would make? Or no, your... no, no, no. I mean, like, I think that's like the, the oh. sort of the military uh, sort of meal, you know, where it's like creamed chip beef. So, um, Kevin, are you all up to speed? On all the news surrounding the latest collab between Cardi B and Megan the Stallion, <laughs> I'm familiar enough with the song. I, I've I've seen the video one time and I've heard the song and heard it pop up on things. But uh, yeah. what's what's going on with it, man? WAP, uh, aka W A P, aka Wet Ass Pussy, <laughs> or Wet and Juicy. I think is the edited version. Wet and Gushy. Gushy, there we go. Yes. Yeah, I found the I found the, uh, <laughs> the still not safe for work video with like the the lyrics changed, um, but still mm. it's a very provocative clip, um, and it slaps. It's a great song, um, and uh, predictably it also um, upset some people, including fellow podcaster Ben Shapiro, oh, who God. recently who recently picked up his megaphone in order to read in his squarest ass deadpan voice without any verve or swagger, the lyrics to this song. And then he got dunked on. Oh, good. Absolutely posterized. I mean, you know, there was a, there was a, a auto tune, the news type treatment of him, uh, uh, reading these lyrics aloud, but then he also fed the internet a real softball by, uh, announcing that his doctor wife, that is the term he used, <laughs> doctor wife, uh, said the descriptions in the song um, were indicative of something pathological rather than like a metaphor for desire. And um, some picked up on this and ran with it, suggesting that Shapiro and his spouse were likely in a loveless marriage. And thus <laughs> a new acronym was born. Oh yeah. P-A-P. You can, <laughs> is now in the lexicon. You can, you can figure out what it means. Um, well, obviously, TikTok, the platform of uh, Gen Z, I think sometimes called Zoomers. I don't know. Maybe I'm I misheard that. that. I think I've heard that term going around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I noticed and have been noticing and definitely saw in this article I was reading about this TikTok hype house uh, down in Los Angeles. Uh, by the way, I learned what a hype house was. I didn't. <laughs> I think I kind of vaguely knew what this was before, but. The 90s are coming back is what I'm saying. You know what it is? It's the butt cuts. <laughs> butt just, cuts? The butt cuts. A lot of these kids in this New York time, the men, the, the males, had the butt cut. You know what the butt cut is, Kevin? Uh, not exactly what the it's hell the is John, that, It's the Jonathan Taylor Thomas haircut. Oh, okay. Gotcha. You know, you kind of, it's long, maybe goes down to the chin. If it's really long, it's parted straight down the middle. 
and you kind of have a butt on top of your head. <laughs> the sort of bowl cut, butt cut thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. And, you know, I don't know. I'm sure there were lots of great things about the 90s, um, uh, but I don't think that the butt cut was one of those things. No, no. <sighs> so, um, so here's my prediction. These older Gen Zers that I was seeing in this article, while they embrace the butt cut and the Hawaiian t-shirts, I'm thinking the younger ones are going to be all about the low-rise jeans and the trucker hats. Yeah, that's going to make a comeback, unfortunately. <laughs> Remember I mean, Ashton Kusher? <laughs> yeah, punked. Yeah. Oh, man, he had so many trucker hats. Yeah, he did. Uh, I don't. I, I never got on board with that. Um, no. But yeah, there was that like mid-2070s resurgence of a lot of stuff. Uh, and now the 90s has come. It's like everything comes full circle. I don't know what's going to come back from the 2000s and the 2010s. Uh, but, you know, I think Jenko's and Gat gigantic <laughs> jeans are making a comeback. Uh, it's is all that true? Comeback. It is. Yeah, dude. They're definitely Evan. still around. Like, I don't think Evan. they ever went away and they're coming back. You used to wear Jenko's. Yes, I did. No comment. I had, like, one pair. I had one pair. I had like five or six, if not more than that. And of course... We had fun with our least favorite one-term president. That is when we weren't worried he might be uh, knocking on our door any day to put us in a gulag. (laughs) I think this should really be the only line of attack anyone really needs against Trump. I mean, in a, in a sane universe, in a universe that, that abided by logic, uh, the two words are, come on, come on. Come on, man. Come on, folks. <laughs> Biden repeated that a lot the other night, and uh, it, it made sense to me. It was kind of just like, you know, what am I going to say? You know who Bi- you know who Biden is now. You know who Trump is now. And like, come on. Do you really need any more information? Like, seriously, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Oh, come on! <laughs> How you doing today, Kevin? Not too bad. How you doing, dude? I think I can answer that um, with a quote from a, from a television program. It goes a little something like this. Philadelphia, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, we 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 had a good feeling it was coming. Uh, the you know Joe Biden on on election night was uh, pretty confident you know that they were going to get Philadelphia or Pennsylvania I should say um, as of this recording that is the afternoon of Friday November sixth it looks as though Sleepy Joe is not only gonna <laughs> not only gonna flip Pennsylvania thanks in no small part to the city of brotherly love but he is also on track to flip Arizona. You know, that place our lovely president once said was being flooded with rapists, murderers, and, quote, a few good people. Uh, hell, he, Biden might even flip Georgia. Yeah, which is crazy. Oh, Georgia on my mind. It's my favorite oh. Jamie Foxx song. <laughs> I mean, I hope hope the Secret Service doesn't come knocking at my door when they find this all these episodes of the SF Weekly <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Sir, come with me. Uh, don't don't tell them where our where our studios are. Mm. Oh, all right, it's been a wild, 
25 episodes. Coming up on this podcast, we have Sean O'Sullivan of 21st Amendment Brewery. He's making his second appearance on the podcast. And Tom Riley of Anchor Brewing. We've been trying to get him for a while. We'll talk to both of them about their seasonal holiday beers. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. with Sean O'Sullivan of 21st Amendment Brewery, the San Francisco-based craft brewer. We've brought Sean on the program today to talk about 21st Amendment's holiday beers. This is the second time I've had you on the podcast, by the way, Sean. Welcome back. Yeah, I, I'm enjoying this. I'm becoming a regular of sorts. I, uh, if you need a, <laughs> if you need a, you know, a, a buddy on this, I'm here for you, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So uh, we're here to talk about your uh, seasonal holiday beers, and uh, I want to start off by asking, what makes a good wintry holiday beer, in your opinion? W- what are these beers for? Well, I think, you know, winter holiday beers, I mean, look, it's it's the holiday time and you want to think of it as a, you know, that like comfortable, you know, warm sweater or, you know, that that blanket that you like to wear, you know, on your couch uh, during this time that, you know, the days are getting shorter, it's getting darker earlier, it's certainly cooler. Uh, you know, I'm sitting here in Berkeley and the, the trees are, you know, changing colors. It's just awesome. And so, you know, we all think about like, uh, typically stronger beers, you know, uh, like our fireside mm-hmm. chat. Uh, and then, you know, you have fun with fruits, maybe, you know, fruit, you know, holiday fruits, uh, you might include, uh, in a beer. So, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunities. Well, typically the beer is actually a little bit higher in alcohol or can be. And, um, it's just, uh, it, it definitely enforces those uh, touch points of the holiday. And I, I love it. I mean, this is my favorite time of year. So uh, t- tell me about Fireside Chat. It's got an illustration of FDR on the can. What's the history of this beer and, and what are you trying to do with it? Yeah, so um, our Fireside Chat, it's a winter warmer. It's about 7.9% alcohol. It's got cho- chocolate nibs in it and a bunch of holiday spices in there. Uh, and, you know, it's uh, it's called Fireside Chat because, uh, you know, uh, President Roosevelt back in the day when we were going through the Great Depression had these, you know, these it was one of the first national radio broadca- broadcasts for a president. And they were called Fireside Chats. And it was essentially where you'd speak to the nation. And it was like a, it was like a, I think they called it a, a big hug and a kick in the pants it was trying to get the, the country motivated. So uh, we thought it was appropriate. We have a lot of like, you know, historical figures on our labels. And uh, in this illustration, it's, it's, it's Roosevelt and he's having a fictitious conversation with an elf on a chair across the way. And, uh, you know, this beer was actually first brewed back in 2001, I believe. And it was just called Holiday Spicedale. Uh, there's nothing that interesting about that name. So when we decided to package it, we called it Fireside Chat. In fact, it was the first beer that we won a medal for at the Great America Beer Festival in 2001. Um, and uh, back in the day when we were brewing this at the pub, uh, just for the pub consumption, I would go to you know Rainbow Grocery uh, in San Francisco, and they have this amazing like spice wall of herbs and spices. And I would just kind of sit there and like let 
you know, see what would hit me and what, you know, what, you know, I'd smell them and, you know, take it all in. You know, my rule of thumb was always not too much nutmeg because nutmeg goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, you know, speaking of a, a hug and a kick in the pants, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to put you on the spot too, too, too much to talk about politics today, but, uh, you know, both Donald Trump and Joe Biden are teetotalers, I understand. And, uh, you know, I, I guess that makes sense. I think the presidency is a demanding job, but maybe our leaders could do well to loosen up a bit, hang out, kick a few back. What do you think? I mean, I think that's a great idea. I mean, uh, I remember seeing photos of President Obama drinking beer, you know, on occasion. I think, you know, as it's, you know, it's, it's the people's drink. Beers, you know, everybody can have it. It doesn't, it doesn't, it cuts across all class lines. And I think that would be a, you know, a great thing. We might be we might be in better shape right now if maybe we all had an occasional beer. Certainly, at the pre- <laughs> certainly the president as well. <laughs> okay. So uh, this this next beer, um, it's a little more a bit more counterintuitive, at least to me. Um, you're keeping me on my toes. You have the Hell or High Pomegranate, which is a riff on your um, beloved Hell or High Watermelon Wheat beer. What's the deal with this guy, and why did this make sense to release for the holidays? Well, as you said, I mean, we've been we've been making hell or hell or high watermelon for a long time. You know, I think actually since 2001, as a matter of fact, way back in the day, and then we started canning it in 2006, 2008. Um, and then we decided to have fun with this line of fruit beers that we put out. Uh, we put out we just after the summer seasonal watermelon, we put out hell or high mango for the fall. And then on its heels, we're putting on uh, hell or high uh, pomegranate. Uh, it's, you know, Pomegranate is, it's a great winter fruit. It has this sort of tart, you know, berry, slightly tropical note to it. Um, it seemed to, it, it really lends to this time of year. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful red ruby fruit. The beer isn't ruby, uh, ruby red, but, uh, and the, but the packaging is wonderfully brilliant. And I just thought, you know, uh, to mix it up a little bit with the hell or high line, as we like to call it now. And uh, pomegranate, I think fits right into that. It's, it's at 4.9% ABV, so you can have a couple of them if you want. Um, and uh, I think it's quite delicious, actually. Okay. Well, um, you can pick up Fireside Chat and Hell or High Pomegranate in a store near you. For more information, you can head to 21stamendment.com. That's 20, uh, the 21, uh, the numerals 21, st-amendment.com. Thanks so much for joining us again on the podcast, John. You bet, Nick, anytime. I guess I'll see you next week, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe, maybe. (laughs) All right. Well, have have a good one. You too. Take care. Happy holidays. back with Tom Riley, brewmaster of San Francisco's Anchor Brewing. Founded in 1896, the local beverage maker is perhaps best known for Anchor Steam. However, the brewery now produces many styles of beers, including IPAs, wheat beers, and porters. The company also runs a distillery that produces whiskey and gin. Tom is joining us today to discuss Anchor's proud history and to tell us more about their annual Christmas ale. As tradition dictates, 
The 46th installment of the Christmas Ale features a reimagined recipe and a new original label. It also features the highest ABV, 7%, of any beer in the vintage. It's been a long, hard year after all. Welcome to the podcast, Tom. Well, thank you for having me on. Yeah, yeah, glad to have you. So um, can you start by kind of giving us a few of the most important historical notes on, on Anchor Brewing? Uh, I've taken the tour uh, of, of the brewery myself, and, and I've done my research for this interview, but our listeners may not know, for example, uh, what makes Anchor Steam so special, what makes it a steam beer, or you know what makes your California lager uh, endemic to California. So, like... Give us a brief rundown, if you would. Sure. Um, what makes Anchor Brewing Company uh, so significant and historical is that we are continuing the tradition of making steam beer. And steam beer is a beer style that was originated in San Francisco in the gold rush days. When they didn't have ice to produce beer, they made beer at warmer temperatures, but the moderate temperature in San Francisco allowed them to make a lager beer, which they wanted to make, at a slightly higher temperature, which produced a really unique beer. Um, to this day, we carry that tradition on in, in those uh, initial brewing methods, and that's what really gives us uh, some some real individuality in, in the industry. Uh, and you mentioned the California lager. We brewed uh, a recipe very similar to the very first lager beer that was produced in California also. Um, yeah, and so so lagers uh, have to be brewed at a lower temperature, right? And and you can't get that low temperature, uh, the, the ideal low temperature, without refrigeration, and they didn't have that back uh, back then. Uh, so there was a the steam actually came off. There was like a steamer that, that helped cool the, the beer as, as you brewed it, or could you explain that? Well, when you, uh, the beginning process of brewing beer, you boil it and you need to cool it off. And so what they would do was they would put the boiling hot beer into these shallow vats with a lot of surface area and let them cool. And they would give off steam all night. And we think that's where the name steam beer was born. Um, We could not get the beer down to a normal lagering temperature, but the lager yeast would work in the 50, 60 degree range. And so... That's what made us unique is that we were doing the lagering at a warmer temperature. Got it. Okay. And then, so fast forward a bit. Uh, for the past 45 years, uh, Anchor has produced a Christmas ale. Um, can you tell us about that, the, the philosophy behind this beer, how it has changed over the years, and what you have uh, in store for us this year with uh, the 46th Christmas ale? Sure. Uh, Fritz Maytag, our owner since 1965, uh, in about 1975, when he was adding to his portfolio of beers, wanted to make a a special novelty that came out only once a year in in the holiday season. And at that time, we were the only brewery in America doing that. He wanted to make a special beer that people look forward to with an ever-changing recipe and label, and he never told anybody what was in the beer, but he always wanted them to guess, so people would look forward to it. Fritz uh, kind of laid the ground rules for, for this beer, and we still abide by those rules today, where we only have a few people in the brewery that really know the recipe. Okay, and what sorts of things, 
you know, without giving, uh, hopefully you can tell us what sorts of things go in it that don't give it away, but that give it, you know, a flavor that's appropriate for, for this time of year and for the holidays. Yeah, over the years, we've explored with many things. If you go back to the beginning of the tradition in 1975, the first, I have about five of those brews were pale ales, and then we evolved to a brown ale, and shortly thereafter, we went to a spiced brown ale, where we've sat in that category, you know, for the last 35 years. But every year, we change the spices we change the malt bill a little bit, so it really is a, an individual beer. Um, this year, we went to a really dark, malty, silky beer with, again, a, a whole new splice blend, which is really nice. Okay. And, of course, um, every year there is a new hand-drawn label on the beer to uh, differentiate it from the year before, just as the recipe differentiates it from the year before. Uh, what's the story behind uh, this year's illustration? Well, um, our artist that had drawn the last 45 labels finally retired. And so our marketing team found a new California illustrator, and he uh, made a label of the three graces in the Sequoia Grove in Yosemite National Park. Oh, cool. That's a very, very California-centric uh, uh, symbol there. Yeah, it's um, a beautiful label. Yeah, cool. So, um, I, and I understand this year that um, this might have not been the case in years past. Uh, your uh, customers, uh, consumers will actually be able to buy six packs of of this year's 46th uh, uh, Christmas ale, but there's also going to be some options to get like a, a sort of set of uh, this year and, and a couple recent vintages. Is that right? Yes. The brewery is closed due to the pandemic, but our tap room is open Thursday through Saturday, and you can buy there flights, uh, flight six packs, which have 2017, 2018, and 2019 in them, two bottles each. So you can pick yeah. up four years if you include 2020 in there. Of Christmas sales, and then you can yeah get get a sense of how how it's changed uh, visually on the label, and also uh, see you know if you can can guess at at what what you, you all did different each time. That's fun. So, uh, any tips on how to enjoy this year's brew? Uh, suggested pairings. Uh, when is this is this a good to enjoy with dinner, or is it more of an after dinner thing, or before dinner? What, what are your suggestions? Well, this year's release is really easy drinking, even though it's very dark. Um, it can be enjoyed with appetizers all the way to dessert. It's, it's not a filling beer, but some of the um, call-outs we like to make is, is it's great with a Thanksgiving turkey dinner. Um, it's great with a dessert, or it could be dessert. It would be great with any rich uh, meal like prime rib, a rack of lamb, um, all of those things. Okay. Well, hey, uh, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today, Tom. You can find Anchor Christmas Ale in six packs and magnum bottles and on draft at select restaurants and bars, including uh, the Anchor Public Taps, which has its very own to-go program. So for more info, you can go to anchorbrewing.com. Uh, thanks again for joining us, Tom. Thank you very much for having me on. I hope everybody enjoys some of the Christmas show.
Thanks so much for tuning into this week's edition of the SF Weekly Podcast. The episode was produced by me, Nick Veronin. Our audio engineer is Mike Huguenor. The Armature composed our theme music. For more hot takes, deep dives, and alternative views on San Francisco news, subscribe to our podcast through Apple, Spotify, and Google Play. Follow us on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash sfweeklypodcast and check out our website, sfweekly.com. See you next week. Oh, my God.